1: Sports of the line continues on here on KMOX. My name is Matt Paul. We have about 40 minutes left uh, in the program again. We are raising money for Tree of Hope and Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital. We've got the text line open. 40 minutes left in Tree of Hope Week. And uh, we've got that tactical laser bar, laser tag party. This is an adult thing uh, at 18 North Central. This is not a kid's party, but it's a good uh, team-building activity. We also have the Pickle Paul Party for 20. If you're interested in either of those things, you could throw out a price that you're willing to pay for. Just text me, 314-436-7900, and uh, we might get to you uh, later on on that. Right now, we're happy to go to the Quiver River guest line and uh, welcome in. You can read him everywhere. He just uh, wrote a column uh, for the Washington Post talking a little soccer and looking forward to the 2026 World Cup, Uh, New York Magazine, made MLB Doc. He's everywhere, and uh, he's got his Substack newsletter as well. He is uh, Will Leach. Will, thank you so much for taking some time. How are you?
2: Of course, very well. Thanks for having me, sir. Happy, uh, happy
1: holiday. Yeah, let's. Uh, I just mentioned, uh, and this just uh, posted rather recently, uh, you wrote for the Washington Post and, and looked forward to the 2026 World Cup, which will be in North America, mostly the United States. Some of it will be played in Canada and in Mexico as well. I don't want to take too much away from people uh, reading it, but what is it uh, about uh, the World Cup being in the United States and, and being in North America in 2026 that you're really looking forward to?
2: Yeah, you know, I feel like the 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 games themselves have been pretty terrific here at this World Cup. I think they've been compelling. The U.S. went out a little earlier than I would have liked, but nothing to be ashamed of. And I think the games themselves have been fun. The problem has been everything else in Qatar, whether it's uh, it's uh, you know the human rights abuses in Qatar or the lack of free speech or the some of the some of the labor situations there, or just the simple basic fact that. Doggone it! Soccer hooligans can't buy beer at the game. And at a certain level, this is a... and never mind the fact that the tournament is in, as we may have noticed, November and December rather than the summer, like it's supposed to be. If you are a fan of the European soccer league, their seasons have been completely disrupted by this. The World Cup is supposed to be in the summer, and I mean, and then, of course that had to happen because Qatar was unable to provide the air-conditioned stadium, and it's a hundred. I don't want to overstate this, but I think it's four hundred thousand degrees in Qatar over the summer, so they couldn't. The World Cup there. So, all of these things have kind of gone wrong about the World Cup this year, despite the games itself. But I think that provides uh, North America and specifically the United States with a really good opportunity because this will be the first time since 1994, which is really kind of the unofficial launch of soccer uh, as, a, as, a, as a huge ske- as a spectacle uh, in this country. The first time citizens of the United States will be hosting, it. everything that kind of has gotten messed up over this World Cup will kind of be fixed by the next one, you know? I mean, like, I'm not saying that North America is a utopia in every possible way, but certainly you can wear a rainbow shirt to a game, (laughs) and no one's going to give you any any scuffle. Uh, The stadiums are already built. Everything is all set. It will be over the summer. And listen, we Americans, we know we can sell beer. So (laughs) at a certain level, I feel like most of the soccer world, as much as they've enjoyed this World Cup, has been kind of frustrated having guitar. It's all been kind of messed up. No one's really loved being out there. It really sets the United States up to have a great kind of celebration in, I would say, four years, but it's actually three and a half years. So I think it's, in the same way, That like I I joked like a rebound relationship, or I always remember when the Philadelphia Phillies would fire Larry Boa as their manager, and whoever came in next just seemed like the nicest, most normal guy (laughs) in the world. I think that is kind of where uh, where where it's setting up for the next World Cup because this has been a great sporting event, but kind of the uh, almost everything off the pitch has not really been ideal or really what they would have wanted.
1: I wasn't planning on talking about this with you, but I thought about just while listening to you, and I want to get your thoughts. How? How should we evaluate the job that international governing bodies do? whether it's the Olympics, whether it's the World Cup, any any sporting event that goes from country to country to country. You know, we can all sit here in the United States and go, man, that should have never been in Qatar. Look at the human rights violations and things like that. Yet we come from a certain place where there's going to be people in other countries that look at the United States and say, well, look at some of the stuff going on there. They, they should never have anything like this. Like it's a, I think it's a really complex thing to try to figure out how these governing bodies, what they should take in, into account and what they shouldn't take into account when putting these events at, at various places.
2: Yeah, you know, I, and I, I think it is a complicated uh, conversation worthy of having. I'm hardly persuaded, however, that FIFA has never actually had that conversation. Yes, I think their co- their conversation is. Okay, who's giving us the most money under the table? We'll go there. <laughs> and I think that's why Qatar has had this year. Russia had it four years ago, and this is not. I agree. I, I think that's a totally fair conversation when it comes to the idea. Like you saw this, frankly, when uh, before the U.S. played Iran, right, with the uh, with the press conference where where certainly some of the American players were saying they would have liked to spoke out a little bit more about some of the human rights abuses, and then you had Iranian journalists saying, "Well, what about this, 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 and this in your country?" And I think these are fair conversations. I just don't think they're really actually what the people, when they choose these places to go, what they're actually thinking about. Now, FIFA has gone through some reform in recent years, as has the international Olympic community. Theoretically, moving forward so far, hopefully there's a little bit kind of less internal corruption going on uh, with everything. But certainly I think that's a fair conversation. I think it's an interesting point to raise. I just think you and I are thinking about this more than FIFA. Yeah. <laughs> the IOC has never thought about it. I think their thought is where is the most money we can possibly have? And listen, Russia was not ideal four years ago, but it was still like a normal tournament. They had stayed they were able to put it together. Qatar has been a never mind, but even putting like human rights aside, and clearly Fox Sports has decided to do that during this tournament because they never really talk about it. But uh, putting that aside for a moment, certainly. Just logistics-wise, Qatar has been like a huge, huge headache in every possible way. And again, ask any European team. You know, these billion-dollar corporations that own these that own these European teams, they have had absolute – this has been a disaster for them to have the tournament in November and December. Never mind in America, I mean – I, I love one of, the, one of the most fun things about the World Cup for me. It's in the summer. Like, we can relax. So other than baseball, it kind of has the feel to itself. Here, there's college football, there's college basketball, there's hot soap for baseball, there's the NFL. There's all these things going on that are not – certainly the, to have it during one of the most crowded times of the sporting calendar in North America, I think has really hurt soccer uh, moving forward. I think, if, I think if they had it over again, to do it over again, Okay, they probably still use choose guitar because they got the most money out of them. <laughs> but also, I think they're probably not happy with how this went.
1: I I feel dirty for Fox, like when I see the Qatar Airways you know, banner ads and things. And I know that's not totally some of that is just in stadium signage, but yeah. there's I just see that and it just makes me feel really gross watching it.
2: Yeah, and it's, it's funny because you know, there's a way to do this, right? Like, I, was, I, I covered the Sochi Olympics. I was there in 2014. And NBC, listen, they were a corporate partner of the Olympics. They still are. And, they, and there are things that some of the host countries, where that may be going on, there, they have reporters that they feel obliged to report on, even though it is complex for them because they have financial situations with the IOC and with the host country. But there's still always been, frankly, until, the last, until Fox Sports took over, there's always been a basic understanding of, okay, but we have to, like, cover this stuff, right? We're not going to just pretend it's not here. And I think that's what's changed. Fox Sports made their first – uh, four years ago was their first time that they had covered the World Cup. And they did a little bit better in Russia, really, than they're doing this year, at least when it comes to, like, covering the world outside of the pitch. But it is one thing to be like, okay, we, people just want to watch sports. And I understand that. And believe you me, in the middle of a game, I don't want to get a civics lessons either. <laughs> like, I want to watch sports like everybody else does. And it's, it's another thing. So if you want to try to ignore that, I don't think that's right journalistically, but I understand it. It is another thing to do the amount of water carrying that they have done for the regime uh, in, the, in this World Cup. I think it's a pretty hard thing for a lot of people to stomach. So, uh, and again, I agree. There are plenty of things you could throw back at the United States. But I also think that, like, in four years, there's not going to be any notion of, we can't cover this, so we can't cover this. And I think you've seen a lot of it at this World Cup. All
1: right, let's get into why we're really having you on. Let's talk about the Cardinals. What was your uh, reaction to the acquisition of Wilson Contreras?
2: I think it made a lot of sense. Uh, I think that, you know, it was funny. At the time, one of the things I was most excited about it was, you know, you kind of saw some of the things, that were going around and what the A's were asking for, for Sean Murphy, whether it was like Dubar and Donovan and Graceffo, and maybe Carlson. And I'm like, okay, that's too much. Let's just spend money. And that does seem to make a lot of sense. And, uh, but then we actually kind of see what the A's actually got for Sean Murphy. Ultimately, it was a lot less than I think that, that I, that that I think we thought we'd have to pay. I still do kind of think that, you know, Contreras, not only is he a big bat, I think it's underappreciated how much of a bat he is. He's not like one of the best hitters in baseball, but he's definitely one of the best hitting catchers in baseball. You know, that's obviously, we've all loved Yachty, but that's something that the Cardinals have been needing for a few years, catching wise. Frankly, considering the offensive defense, uh, the Cardinals have gotten out of their backup catcher last year, I'm not entirely, the last few years, I'm not entirely sold that they don't need two catchers. (laughs) They need two catchers going into the into this offseason. So I think that's a great start. It's a great thing to build off of. I do I am curious what is next. And I didn't really expect them to go off to one of the big short I don't think Dancrey Swanson is the right idea. I think you either go big or you just kinda of go to the middle. I'm definitely curious to know, you know, a large part of what you're seeing with the hot stove has been waiting for these big three agents to sign. And as you saw with the Murphy trade, you're gonna start seeing more trades start to come out. That to me is where the Cardinals need to maybe get involved, particularly when it comes to pitching beyond this year. I think they, they feel like they've got their rotation set up for this year, but I mean, it's basically, it's, it's basically liberator. <laughs> and maybe, like, Slater is free after this year, and Wayne Wright's free this year, and Michael is free after this year. There's a lot of questions for that rotation. Who can, I think Derek Gould wrote about this, of who exactly can, Contreras is Contreras going to be catching over the next five years. That seems to me, Patrice is a great – I think he's a great uh, culture fit for what they're doing. You kind of think how much he admired Yachty and how much he kind of wanted to embrace the challenge of doing that. Not everybody does that. The the person I always remember being very bad about this in Cardinals history was Tino Martinez. Mm -hmm. Remember Tino Martinez took over for Mark McGuire, and that's a a lot to do, to to take over for Mark McGuire. And he kind of felt like the whole time – He'd rather be a Yankee and didn't really want to be a part of it. And then I, I would, and I and I think he, his performance and I think his reputation in St. Louis suffered from that. I don't think Contreras is like that. I think he's very much embracing this kind of idea. And I think it'll be it'll be interesting to watch to see how that evolves. but The Cardinals should not be done. I, the idea that they should be finished now—they got Contreras set. I think that pitching. The pitching is, listen, Cardinal teams are good when they have a lot of pitching. They love top tier pitching. I understand why they didn't get Rodon. He was very expensive. I understand not wanting to go that high. But pitching is like this team is going to rise and fall with this pitching, uh, whether they bring Contreras or not. And uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of questions in that regard.
1: I didn't think – like, yes, expensive, agreed. But six years 162 million for a 30 year old uh that comes down to 20 you know mid 20 million dollars per year I, I didn't think that was crazy money for rodon
2: i think the bigger concern was well, i don't think the av is that high but i mean if you realize like, he's obviously was terrific last year and if they get if they if rodon is that guy for the next six years the yankees got the steal of the century the question is is he's very rarely been healthy in his career. And generally speaking, uh, you don't see the people, the pictures that remain healthy into the 30s were generally, there are exceptions to this, but generally speaking, we're healthy in the 20s. And, and we just haven't really seen that for now. We see what he is like when he's healthy. I don't think it's as crazy the deal as the DeGrom deal, which I have to tell you of all the deals to me, the DeGrom deal feels like the most likely to blow up. <laughs> I, that, that really feels, and that's not that's against DeGrom who, when healthy is maybe I think not only the best pitcher in baseball, he does things that feel like the game is broken because he's so good at it. Uh, but, you know, he's not only been very healthy, he started to wear down even the end of last year when he came back, he wasn't really down in that way. I don't think it's that scary of a contract, but I do think expecting Rodon. don't, like this is the nice thing about hitting. This is why you like to bring in hitters. Like you can, You can be like, okay, you can sign Aronado for a long long contract, and you might expect a little bit of decline, but generally feel like you have an idea of what you're getting for the next five, six, seven, eight years. I don't think you can say that with a pitcher. I think you certainly cannot say that with someone like Rodon, who has just had so many injury issues throughout his career until really the last year or so. I mean, Steven Strasburg is a great example of this, right? Like that contract did not seem particularly insane when they signed it, but it certainly seems insane when he can't pitch. And I think that's the worry about that. To me, I, I, don't, I would not want to see the Cardinals now go into, you know, the uh, Navy Evaldi era or like the middle tier guys that aren't necessarily better than what you have. But it does feel like priority-wise after this season and even part of this season, starting pitching is the thing I'm more worried about than anything else.
1: Yeah, if, if you're John Moseley, like you don't want to go into next offseason knowing you have to fill up four spots in your oh, rotation. Yeah. Like, you you, you got to get a spot or two of those filled up before next offseason.
2: Yeah, it, it does feel like this is a, there's a lot of rumblings about uh, potentially Michaelis uh, um, uh, getting extension, which for the record, I, Michaelis has been great, and I think he's been a fun guy to have in the team. He certainly had his fair share of injury problems as well. And, you know, he, he kind of just kind of got going kind of healthy really uh, last year after after really a rough two-plus two, uh, two plus season. So that's what pitching is, right? Pitching is, is guys getting hurt out of nowhere and guys you don't expect Telling a lot of the way that baseball is now, this is why I'm always wary of any of these long-term contracts. I have no problem. You give Justin Verlander as much as you want for two years. But these long-term contracts for pitchers, just not really the way pitchers are anymore. And so uh, I, I think what you're going to have to do, I think what they would like to do is they'd love to see Liberator step forward, they'd love to see Graceffo, but they've got to get someone that they know they can get innings from. That's why I think they'll, they'll, extend, uh, they'll extend Miles Michael's. But, yeah, the, the worst-case scenario is going into the next off season and trying to cobble together uh, you know, 150 innings from four different guys on the, on the market. That's not going to go well. It's not only going to not go well, it's going to be prohibitively expensive and, it's gonna get, and it's putting people in bad spots. So that's the larger thing. But yeah, Contreras, to me, that is exactly the right thing to do. I, I was wary of some people that were going to be trading for Murphy. I, I think you've, got, you've got, given yourself options at other positions. But uh, really, it's still, it's still the pitching. It's, it's always a concern. When the Cardinals' pitching is good, they win the division. And when it's not, they don't. Look at how, does, when things change at the deadline, they both last the two years because they got their pitching stabilized. That's what the Cardinals need, and that's what they seem to me to be short on.
1: He is Will Leach. You can read him everywhere. He's also got a book that's going to be uh, coming out in uh, May. Uh, you can always find out what's going on at his uh, Substack newsletter, uh, which he writes for as well. He's just a very, very busy guy. He found time for us. Will, thank you for your time. Look forward to uh, talking to you again real soon.
2: Of course, an honor. Have, to have a holiday season.
1: Yep, same to you. That's Will Leach joining us here on Sports Opaline. When we come back, we're going to go non-sports for, for just a moment. It's a Friday night. We're going to have a little bit of fun. I walked into work today. My left leg was kind of soaking wet. And the uh, the dominoes that were pushed down to get to that point of me walking in, I think it's a funny story. We'll get your thoughts. I'll tell Matt Pajewski. We'll, we'll see what he has to say. And I may have a lawsuit on my hands, too. I'll explain all that coming up. Sports Open Line on KMOX.